And so the She Healed to Live podcast is a podcast to help women really have an opportunity to come and listen to some people that are just like them, right? Moms, wives, sisters, grandmothers, aunts, they're caregivers. And also some of those women are leadership. They're in leadership roles and in CEO positions, in companies, um, in corporations. And so what we do at Ladies of Faith Over Fears, we help women heal from the traumas that they've experienced in life, right? From childhood to adulthood to every every stage of life, we help them heal. And once they heal, they really understand that there's a purpose for the pain, right? And we're going to allow that pain to push us into purpose. And so I'm excited about what God has given me, right? The opportunity to help women heal. And the podcast is just an extension of Ladies of Faith Over Fear. And so on tonight, you guys, I have an amazing, beautiful sister of mine. Let me get her bio because I want to talk about all of the different accomplishments that she has accomplished. I'm just so thankful and grateful to have Dr. E as a personal friend, right? That I can truly pick up the phone and call in my good times, in my bad times. Like when I was going through, Dr. E knew that I was going through before I could even say anything that I was going through, right? You pick up the phone, she's like, what is going on with you, sister, right? She could tell in my voice. And I absolutely love that. But Dr. E, um, let me get a bio for y'all. I want to make sure I read it exclusively for you guys. She is a dynamic financial advisor, entrepreneur, author, mentor, educator, and keynote speaker. Erica possesses very strong business acumen. Co- co- oh, Lord Jesus. Coupled <laughs> with structure and discipline, which has guided both her business and personal life. As a financial advisor, she is dedicated to assisting her clients with reaching their financial goals through education and a sound plan. Her, her intent, intuitive, let me stop trying to read so fast, right? Her intuitive and forward thinking has proven to be a successful for those who engage in her expertise. Dr. Erica has been recognized by her colleagues for having extraordinary determination and is known for her creativity, motivation, and her ability to be relatable. She really is. I love Dr. E, right? She's very, very relatable. And as a financial advisor, she is respected by her because of her integrity, her dedication, intellect, expertise, and securing the bag. <laughs> as a mentor and public speaker, she is known for her ability to inspire motivate, empower, and impact the lives of her audience. She resolves that whatever we do, I'm sorry, whatever we do should be done with passion, purpose, and intent. Her mantra is forward progressing and upward mobility. I absolutely love that because Dr. E, she is all of that and so much more. And so Dr. E, you have a very exclusive line of what you've done and what you've accomplished over the years. And so you're very, very successful right now in life. But let's talk about how did it all get started? You know, did you come from a silver spoon? Is, was that your background growing up? Or how was your background growing up? Silver spoon, where? Right? <laughs> Absolutely not, man. Thank you so much for having me on here, Cheryl. It's definitely a pleasure to be able to join you on this podcast and just to touch women's lives. I I see the work that you do um, as it relates to women 
And, you know, um, it's to be commended. So, you know, thank you so much for considering me in this opportunity. So back to your question, absolutely not. Um, I did not come from a silver spoon. <laughs> um, I had really humble beginnings. And, you know, I'm not, I'm never ashamed of my beginnings and where I've come from simply because they've made me who, who I am today. And we have to realize that we are all sum totals of our experiences in life, right? Even from where we came from to, you know, becoming adults and doing things on our own. We're just a sum total. It's all of it packaged up. So, you know, I'm from New Orleans, Louisiana, and I grew up. Yeah, part of my life was in the project, right? Um, I acquired a set of skills there <laughs> that has guided me through my life, you know? Um, and, you know, to get to where I am, you know, I've actually defied the odds as well as the statistical data because I am a product of a single family household. And it's just something about when I hear someone say, you know, if you don't come from a two parent household, you know, this, this, and this, like, listen, man, if you come from a household with love, you're going to be a great person because at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Love, you know, being able to understand, identify when people are hurting, um, being selfless as opposed to self ish right um and i'm an only child right but i do have a heart to love people i mean it's just natural it's an aid in me um and then i'm also ordained elder so you know i i just love people so no it was not a humble beginning i grew up in the projects my mom and my dad they were not together um and i grew up in the projects let me just say a part of my life you know the younger part of my life we moved around a lot we traveled i've lived you know in la so I've other places and all those different things but it was very humble right and um yeah i can tell you that it was it was it's very humble okay <laughs> <laughs> i can understand that and let me just piggyback off what you said in regards to not being raised in a two-parent household, right? I agree with you. I was raised in a single-parent household and um, love was definitely there. And I believe that my mom gave me everything that I needed, right? Um, my dad is in my life now, but he was not when I was growing up. Um, but, you know, as long as love is there and they teach you principles, the principles of life, right? Um, the Bible, who God is, and I think that you will really have a good, stable foundation, even if it is a single parent household, right? So yeah. let me um, ask you this question. You say you came from the back, your background was in the projects. Um, that had to be kind of rough, right? Living in poverty. Um, if you're in the projects, I, I'm going to say yeah. living in poverty because I can't really say it was poverty, right? <laughs> <laughs> it was poverty. We can say that, right? <laughs> Nobody wants to live in the project, you know? um but it is what it is right 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 so did you experience like once you grew up did you ever look back and experience well see well, what type of traumas came with that lifestyle right I know the poverty mindset could really weigh in on you as you get older because of your upbringing what you're used to um how did that play in your life when you recognize that you know maybe I did have some traumas that stem from that lifestyle um definitely i believe that you know trauma is just uh i mean you you're as soon as your mother push you here you're birthed into trauma come you come through the canal and that's traumatic right because some babies make it and some babies don't right um because of the pressure but of course i mean i was i've seen things that i don't think that any kid should ever see you know we've i've seen so much violence i've seen so much abuse you know and then when i say violence you know violence as in you know, a group of people fighting. I've seen families fighting against each other. 
right? And then of course, uh, abuse. I've seen men batter women, you know, right in front of my eyes as a kid. And so, um, and then growing up in poverty, man, listen, I tell people every day I work hard like I do because I tried poverty and I didn't like it, right? And so that's a driving force for me um, to just continue to move. But I think what's more important than that is, you know, understanding that you, it's unfair to you as a child to take that into your adulthood and to live that out. We have to, we have to understand how important uh, healing is, right? Um, and you talked about this healing is we have to understand how important uh, your faith is. And that's one of the things that I absolutely love about you is just your push for the, the faith and the healing of women, you know, and in the love just to do that work, right? Because let's think about it. That work doesn't pay well. When we start thinking about social workers, that work doesn't pay well, but that work is so necessary, right? And with that work being necessary, I am so delighted that you do this work. You know, our relationship has been founded on the word, faith, the Bible. Um, and I appreciate you for that. But yes, the violence and, and, and growing up in the violence. Um, when, as I grew older and I had my own children, that's something that I am like really focused that they don't see things of that magnitude. I don't want my kids to see things because you carry it with you because you cannot unsee what you've seen right? Mm. You just have to learn how to process it and put it in its proper place. And sometimes people, you know, violence begets violence, right? Mm -hmm. And so for me, it was just so important to, to be able to understand what happened because I think a lot of it is understanding what happened around me, understanding why this happened, understanding it's not my fault, understanding that I don't have to live in this, right? Understanding that mentally I can I can't escape this mentally. I don't have to be in this perpetual loop of cycle where I keep seeing the same thing over and over again or living the same thing over and over again. I don't have to do that because we choose at a certain point in our lives, we make a choice as to what, how we're going to live if we're going to continue to allow that thing to dominate us. So yes, I saw a lot of violence. I saw a lot of drug dealing. I saw a lot of abuse. Um, and I don't think any kid should, again, I don't think any kid should have to witness any of that, but yeah. to I'm healed, healthy, whole and strong though. Okay. <laughs> I know that's right. I know that's right. So being that you did recognize, right. That you experienced that in what part in time in life that you recognized it and realized that, Hey, it had an impact on me and I need to do some healing work so that I do not repeat this cycle, right? That I break this cycle, that I be the one to say, hey, I didn't like the way this was. I have the choice to do something different in order to get some different results. When did you recognize that? And what did you do wow. to get you out of that? Yeah, so it's really interesting that you asked that question. I had a really good friend. I have a really good friend. Her name is Antonia Moore. And she's a counselor. She's a licensed counselor. But she, she actually uh, serviced children. Then, yeah, she serviced children. And so she, she witnessed, even as an adult, she witnessed a lot of things that happened in my life, like going through a divorce. And it was just back-to-back -back things. But because I have this innate set of skills that I acquired when I was a young kid to kind of keep pushing past it, she's like, hey, listen, you've had so many traumatic events happen. You need to go and see a counselor. And I'm like, I'm good. She's like, no, you're not good, right? But because that was a coping mechanism, 
that I picked up along the way, I was still functioning in that. And I said, oh, okay, well, if I need to see a counselor, well, you can go ahead and counsel me. And I love, she's like, no, I can't counsel you because I'm too close to you. And so you have to be able to appreciate your friends for, you know, and those people that you're close to who are professional and clinic clinicians, you have to appreciate them when they say, listen, I can't help you because I'm too close to you, but I know that you need help, mm-hmm. right? And so I'm going to say I had to have been maybe about um, 30-ish, maybe, you know, late 20s. I think it's probably early 30-ish when she said this, because see, again, you know, I'm running a major business. I'm doing all this stuff. I, I went through a divorce and doing an expansion in business, right? I'm getting this whole fifth floor and I'm going through a divorce and I'm just going through life like nothing is really happening, right? When everything was happening, right? And so she told me that I called the counselor. She, I asked one of my other girlfriends, my, well, my girlfriend, one of my, my CPA, I said, hey, do you know a counselor? She's like, oh yeah, you know, I knew a counselor. And so I started you know, seeing this counselor and because you, you know, I was self-employed, okay, I'm paying this out of my pocket. So basically by the time I had gone through a complete healing from all of this stuff, understanding why my dad's not in my life, you know, um, why this went left, why we had to move here, why after going through all of these different things, why I had to have it is was, oh God, why me, Jesus, why, you know, after I gone through all of that, I, I sold it up. I had to spend like $20,000 on healing. And, you know, it's nothing that is absolutely nothing for my survival and my mental capacity. And I spent $20,000 to learn how to tell people no. And I just thought that was incredible. Like what? All I had to do is tell them no, <laughs> but you know, a lot of it was because I do have a big heart. A lot of it is because, you know, I, I just keep pushing no matter what happens. Okay. You hurt my feelings. Okay. No problem. I'm just going to keep going. Um, and sometimes even today I have to catch myself from going back to, okay, you hurt my feelings. I'm not going to say anything. And one of the things I learned in counseling is you have to let people know when they've crossed the boundary and you have to learn how to rebuild the boundary and let and notify them. And if you do this again, this is the consequence of the action, right? And so, um, yeah, it was definitely a journey. Um, I'm I'm super proud of the journey, you know, because I of where I ended up on the other side of it. And I don't think that parents understand the impact that they're having on their children. For example, you know, and the father is not actively in their child's life, especially a young lady. You're not actively there. You're in the house, but you're doing something else. You're in the house. You come home. You're not actively in her life, you know, showing her the love. And I think that that is like the overachieving side. Some people fold under it and some people are overachievers. And I've just voted to be an overachiever, right? And so that again is what brought me through you know, the process. And, you know, to this day, I really don't quite have a relationship with my dad and I'm okay with that um, because I realize he's toxic. He's still very toxic. And it's just being honest about this. And I don't want that. Not only do I not want it in my life, but I don't want my children to live through that because I've been there before. So now I have to guard them from that. And I think that he needs to have his healing. You know, there's no hatred or anything in that realm. It's just that you're toxic and I don't want that in my life. Mm-hmm. Right. So, right. Yeah. I understand that. You know, some relationships you do have to have from afar. I love you, but I can't be in a close knit relationship with you. Right. And that goes along the lines of boundaries and that that famous word. No. Right. No. No. is no. like a complete sentence. Toya, yeah. citizen, coach, 
Toya City, City, right? She told us at the conference, not the conference, at the retreat, no is a complete sentence. And so a lot of times we don't understand that until we actually go through that process of healing, go through that process of getting somebody to help us understand, you know, the principles of boundaries, you know, setting boundaries, the principle of having conversations with people. Well, this is how you made me feel because we cannot assume, right, that people understand how you feel. And that's what happens in a lot of relationships. It happens in marriages. It happens in um, parent-child relationship. It happens in brother-sister relationship. People just assume that people are mind readers. Well, guess what? None of us are mind readers. We cannot read minds. And so it's really important to understand that you have been affected by some type of trauma. And once you understand that, it's okay to get help. And then it's also okay to not be okay. It's okay to not be okay. Um, I was telling, I was having this conversation with um, somebody close to me. I'm not going to say who it is because I don't want to, you know, um, disclose their information. But I was having a conversation with somebody close to me the other day. And I was like, there's no award for being superwoman. (laughs) <laughs> there is no award for being superwoman. You're not going to get $10,000, $20,000, $100,000 for being oh. superwoman, right? You cannot give from an empty cup. You, you just can't do it. And so how important, in, how important is it to Dr. E to fill that cup up? And what are some of the things that you do, right, to fill your cup up, to make sure that you are giving from your leftovers, your overflow? Now, that's a really good question, Cheryl. Listen, one of the things I had to learn is to, one, be in an environment with people who are pouring back into me. And I think that sometimes, you know, if you're the smartest person in the room, then of course, everybody's pulling from you and there's nobody pouring back into you. So I've learned to surround myself with people that understand relationship, okay? A lot of people don't understand relationship. And I think that the best um, the best teacher is God about relationship because relationships, there's reciprocity there because Mm -hmm. God says, if you do this, I'll do that. Right. And in our relationships, we've just gotten to the point where we just accept whatever, even if someone's not pouring back into me, I'm just going to take it. That is not my lifestyle anymore. If you don't add value to my life, there is no reason for you to be in the circle with me, especially my intimate space. Now don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'll have conversations with you, but when it comes to my intimate circle, you can't be that close to me, right? I just can't have you that close because you're depleting me. And I think when you understand, when you really go through a healing and you understand what's toxic, you learn to remove yourself very quickly from toxic people. You know, sometimes people just call and they're like, every time they call, well, this is going on, this is going on, this is going on. And you start, you look at the phone now, you're like, nope. Not today, Satan. I will not pick up that phone because my name is Dr. Erica. It is not Jesus Christ. The only thing I can do at this point for you is pray for you because what you're not going to do is one, just take the energy from my day because we always want positive vibes. I'm not going to let you do that. And I'm not going to let you bring me in that place with you because some people love that place. Yes. And they don't, they don't want to let that place go. I don't have space in my life for that place. You know, you made a you made a statement about communicating with people and having conversations with them. 
what we also have to understand is not everyone wants to have conversations about those things. Not everyone wants to face what it is that you're saying to them. And you cannot allow your healing to be contingent upon them wanting to have a conversation. It doesn't matter. No, complete sentence. We're done, right? Whether you understand what I'm saying or not, I have to protect my mental capacity because if I don't protect my mental capacity, things have a, they have a chance of getting out of hand. And when you come from an environment, especially an environment where violence is the norm, I mean, you know, let's think about Chicago, right? You turn on the news, I mean, people are just like, oh, another shooting. Oh, oh, it's just another shooting. In New Orleans, oh, it's just another shooting. It's, it's like we're in Vietnam and we're okay with it, right? And we just have to get to that place where you just pull yourself out of that and you lift yourself above that to something else, right? Now, when it comes to the empty cup thing, I'm telling you, if you can't pour back into me because I am going to pray for you, I'm going to pray you out. I'm going to pull you out. But I also know that if you want to sit in that mess, that's a job for Jesus. It's not a job for Dr. Erica, right? And so I make certain that people in my environment can pour back into me. And I make certain that people in my environment understand their value in their self-worth. Because when they understand their value in their self-worth, you know, yes, you're going to have some not so great days, but every day is a God morning. Okay. Every day is a God morning. And when I talk to my team and when I send people messages in the morning, I don't misspell good. I want you to understand it's a God morning. Right. And so I think that we have to just get into that place where we we understand who we are. We accept who we are. And to, to heck with if you don't accept who I am. I am who I am. And I'm beautiful in that place because that's what I was created to be. And the people who love you, they're going to pour love on top of you, on top of you, on top of you even more. And they're going to pull you through whatever it is that you're going through. So me, my cup never run like run empty or run dry because I choose the people that are going to be in my intimate space because they understand. I don't have to tell them to pour into me. They understand the need. I don't have to say anything. You say you will call me or I'll call you and say, hey, good morning, sis. How are you doing today? You know, and I can hear it in your voice. Well, hey, what is going on? You know, let's deal with that because I can identify something is not right. Let me help you through that because sometimes we can't help ourselves. Let's just be real. You know, if we're going to be transparent, sometimes we can't help ourselves. And it's, the crazy part is you could be married and sometimes your spouse can't help you. Mm -hmm. come on now speak on it so so we just have to make certain that we have that environment loaded and i think that your lives i wrote this in my book the ceo to the power of you your life should be resembled to like a board like a, a business where you have a board of directors and everybody on the board they serve a specific role in your life you have somebody who's a person of faith that you can call. You have somebody that's relatable that when you call in and you feel like nobody understands, they can relate to you and make you whole again. You have somebody that's going to tell you about your money. Stop doing that. Are you prepared? You have somebody that's, you know, you have all these different positions in your life. Nobody should be on your board of directors that is in your intimate space and not adding value. Man, time out for that. You know, in 2023, it's on me. And I think that everybody needs to understand in 2023, it's on me. What decision am I going to make for my life? I don't have to sit there and accept mediocrity, right? You deserve more than that. And you, most importantly, of course, you deserve to be healed, you know, at the end of the day. So hopefully that answered your question.
It did. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so um, I agree with you 100%. You have to, at some point, and not just at some point, I think every quarter or every six months, you should be taking, <laughs> you should be taking, you know, a look at your circle, right? And really look at that circle and see if this person is taking more withdrawals than they're putting deposits. You have to really um, look at those relationships and see if the reciprocity is there. And if it's not there, you have to really uh, adjust yourself in their relationship and say, is this truly a relationship that's bringing me value? Or is this a relationship that I feel absolutely drained when I get off the phone with this person, or I feel drained when I'm in their energy, right? Yeah. Because birds of a feather flock together. That's one of the things that my mom, Patricia Parker, used to say all the time, birds of a feather flock together. And if you hang somebody, around somebody that's always negative, that has that bad energy, it's going to, it's going to attach to you. So um, that's really, really important to evaluate those relationships. And so as we get ready to wrap this thing up, I have two more questions for you, right? So I know that you um, you have a very, very busy lifestyle, right? And so <laughs> what are some of the things as a wife, as a mommy, as a CEO of a very um, successful business, right? What are some of the things that you do for self-care for Dr. Erica? Oh my gosh, self-care happens every day, every day, right? There's not a day that self-care doesn't happen. So my daily self-care is at the end of the day, when everybody's going their, their space, I don't take showers. I literally take baths. I am like, Cal, go on, take me away. But of course I use Dr. Teals. So Dr. Teals, take me away, right? And I'm going to be in there. I'm going to light a candle. It's going to smell like a spa when you walk in my bathroom, because that's my way of inhaling, you know, the day and exhaling it out also, right? So that I can get my mental um, capacity just back in on one accord, right? So I do do that. And then from time to time, I'll call a masseuse to come to my office to give me a massage. You know, I don't have to leave the office. That's fine. You know, but I can just in that moment, you know, have her come set up that table, light the candles, put some soft music on. And for an hour, I'm taking care of myself. I don't realize, I don't think that we realize the importance of protecting our mental capacity. Yes, you have a husband. Yes, you have children, but you don't have a house if I'm not whole. Okay. So we want to make certain that we are taking that time out. And Chani, let me tell you something. I'll get in that bath. My husband, I'll peek his head in that bathroom door. I give him that look. And he just closes the door back like, this is not the place to be right now, right? But um, just understanding how important that is, man, it is paramount. You know, I've had to push myself now to get, you know, do more exercising, you know, um, and because sometimes we're like, okay, I don't have time for this. I don't have time for that. No, you have to make time. I had to make time to go to the doctor, right? Like right now, I still got to go to the eye doctor. Like I got to get to the eye doctor. But we have to start really putting ourselves first. And when I say put ourselves first as women, we have to learn how to put ourselves first and not feel guilty. Yes. Because that is the reason why. We feel like I got to do everything for everybody else. And then what happens is we, begin, we, become, we become bitter towards and be resentful to the situation because we feel like nobody cares about what we have going on. So we're going to have to put ourselves first and let everything, if, if the house burned down because I'm getting a massage for hours, you know what? It was going to burn down anyway, right? Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, and I think that we have to, we have to get rid of the guilt 
when it comes to taking care of ourselves. And I believe that, you know, I have my, my daughter at home, um, which is probably so thoughtful. I mean, like every, she's just so thoughtful. If I come in and, you know, I have on heels or something, I sit at my desk, she's going to go get my slippers and take my heels and put them up. Like she's, she's like, she'll check in. Do you need some water? Do you need something? Because she understands that I'm at work and it means a lot to have your child recognize and understand that you have a need too, you know? And so you have to have those moments of self-care and you need to teach those around you how to care for you, right? So, yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love that. You know, I I am more of a shower person, but (laughs) as I started to embrace my healing and embrace spending time with me, um, I have gotten fond of, you know, taking the baths, right? So I understand that, setting that tone, you know, just sitting there, you know, it's just something about sitting in the tub. I used to just couldn't do it, but hey, I get it. (laughs) (laughs) That's one of the things that I do now, right? And so um, I absolutely understand that. And I love that. And another thing too, which you didn't say that I've heard you say before, um, you go get your body stretch. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Yes, I, I I get my body stretched, right? Yes, ma'am. Um, yeah. I think that that's totally important. You know, just um, stretching your body out. You know, you have these different entities that do that. I'm not going to endorse any one of them. So I'm not going to call a name, but it is so important to have your body stretched. Um, and uh, it just puts a different tone on relaxing it. And when I do my appointments, I do my appointments. I'm the first appointment in the morning. I'm there at 8 a.m., I'm out by 8.50 and my day starts, right? So on the days that you don't get stretched, do your exercise. But that stretching is so paramount for a lot of things. Um, Just, you just, guys, let me tell you, if you've never done it, go and get it done. Yeah. I'm adding that to my self-care this year in 2020. Yeah, I am definitely going to try it. And so, um, well, I actually got two more questions for you, so I lied. Okay, no, no, you're fine. Let's go. The next question would be, um, how does your mindset when you are in your broken state, how does that differ um, when it comes to your finances versus when you are healed and whole and truly in a place of of healing? What's, you know, how does that affect your money in in, it's interesting. I had this conversation just yesterday and I was talking with someone and we were talking about, I, I showed a graphic, I showed a picture about how do you feel when you think about money? Like, are you happy? You know, do you have like some anxiety or are you totally stressed? Right. And so she shared with me, she says, I'm like two and number three. And so she said, but I don't, I don't know why she said, you know, when I grew up, I don't remember you know, seeing any stressful situations with money. I said, well, the first reason you don't remember that is because people didn't talk about those things in front of their children, right? So no matter how impoverished you were, you didn't know you were you were in poverty because your mom <laughs> didn't feed the whole block off of a pack of red beans, right? Oh, man, so, they did, they did, baby. Right, and so, you know, you never knew you were impoverished. And so she said, then she got married um, and then she got a divorce. And then she went, when she went into the divorce, she was basically living paycheck to paycheck. So she was in survival mode, right? So when she went to survival mode, she didn't realize, you know, um, now she's not in survival mode, but she never burned survival mode from her head. So 
I talk about money being a psychological impact on you. You have to learn to respect it. And we don't respect money most times because we weren't taught about money. That's the first part. Secondly, we don't respect money because we don't know how to respect it, right? You know, who grew up knowing about budgeting? Unless you have a parent, like my kids know about budgeting effectively. You know, my 34-year-old, when he went to college, he understood how to budget. He was in boarding school prior to that. He knew how to budget his money because I'm not giving you any more. You have to learn to take care of that. So as parents, I find that we are raising, let me, let me say this. You know how they say you, you and my aunt talked about this. You have um, generational, you have generational, uh, we want to leave, she called it generational failures. Do we pass on generational failures? And yes, I said, we do. We pass on generational failures because we fail to teach our kids how money works. We fail to make them responsible for things. We're failing to do a lot. So that's on us. We're cursing the generations that come after us because we don't necessarily want to call ourselves to order. We have to understand where we derail with money and we have to be committed to getting back on the right course. And if we don't get on the right course, we're going to continue to allow that poverty to uh, take over our generations that are coming after us, right? And nobody wants to think about that. You know, I want to be the grandmother on the wall when you walk into the house saying, that's my grandmother right there, Dr. E, honey. I'm, I don't have not now student loan, not now, not now student loan because she left money for me, right? And you have to understand people who are not even born yet are depending on the decisions that you make. So guys, you have to understand psychologically why you do what you do with money. You know, and sometimes you have to sit down with a financial coach who is your psychology. I am a financial psychologist. I show you where you went wrong. Tell me about your life. And I'm going to show you where it derailed. And we're going to have to get over that hurdle of where it derailed. And she said, oh, my God, I didn't even realize that you're right. I never burned the survival mode. She doesn't even have to live in survival mode. But that's how she lived every day because a part of her life, she had to survive. And unfortunately, a lot of people are living paycheck to paycheck and they're living in survival mode. But once you reach a maturity with your money, you don't have to live in that place. You can burn that from your mind. You can eradicate that. And I think that um, for me, um, uh, you know, it's very interesting when it comes to money, how my life went, because I was in a, I was in a lifestyle that, and man, it wasn't a good one, but it was a good one. Okay. Meaning like it wasn't good how the money came, but it was money available to me um, for me to do a lot of things, right? So, you know, guys, just, just be committed this year to doing something different with your money. You know, it's kind of like if you spend your money to go and sit at a psychologist or a counselor to get help and a counselor is asking you questions and you're discovering yourself in the questions that they're asking and you don't do the work. Well, why did you spend the money for the counselor? So if you come to a financial counselor, if you're not committed to doing the work, don't go sit down with them. Just continue, just accept the life of poverty. But nobody, you can't convince me that anybody wants to live in poverty. You cannot convince me. I have clients that I go to their homes and they're not living their best lives. But my job is not to condemn where you are. My job is to get you from where you are to where you want to be. And that's a judgment-free zone. So we have to open our minds and not be so high on a horse. And I also talked about this, you know, we're committed 
to going to the nail salon. We're committed to getting 24, 32-inch bundles, right? We're committed to getting our hair. We're committed to all of this and we're poor. We look good on the outside, but we're broken on the inside. It's psychological. And even if you have all of these things, that doesn't mean people are going to affirm you. They're not going to make you whole because see, we live in a world where people love to see you broken. Mm -hmm. And if you don't want to self-heal and forget about what other people are saying, you're going to give them what they want. But we have to be mindful. If I'm going to go to a nail salon every other week or every week, I know people are going to talk about me, but I really don't care on here. But I'm going to tell you, you're going to go somewhere. You're going to sow your money there. And if you ask those people to buy a $2 box of candy for your kids, they're not going to buy it. We have got to become wiser with our money. Ladies are so powerful. We make 80% of the financial decisions in this country. We decide where we buy milk and eggs from, right? We make those decisions. We, all, we have over 50% of the private wealth in this country. We are the most educated in this country, but yet we struggle with money. Those two don't go together. You have got to get your emotions in check and you have got to respect money. You gotta, be, you gotta get your mental together when it comes to money. Absolutely. That mental is very important because that mindset, you got to think about that too, the trauma that you were raised up in when it comes to mindset, money don't grow on trees, right? That's, that's what we heard all the time. And if you're not conscious in what you say, when you're talking to your children, money don't grow on trees will come out your mouth real quick, right? And so you're implementing that mindset into your children now, instead of really breaking, breaking that curse of really truly understanding the money, right? Because it's not about how much money you make. And this is what my mom taught me in life and in death. It's not about how much you make, but it's about what you do with the money that you make. Absolutely. What you do with the money that you make. And so understanding that, hey, I might not have the best mindset when it comes to money, but mm. hey, maybe I need to get around somebody that does. Maybe I need to get a financial coach like Dr. E that does. Because see, Dr. E truly has shifted my mindset when it comes to money. I remember I wasn't even on a coaching call with Dr. E. I was just on the phone with Dr. E. It's a girlfriend call, right? And I was ordering some seafood for myself and my family. And it was, it was in the hundreds. And Dr. E was like, what you said the bill was? <laughs> right? You spending that kind of money for some seafood? You can eat out, you can do things with your family, but you got to be really conscious about the amount of money that you spend and where you spend it. And it made it made sense what she said, right? Still got my seafood, but it made sense. <laughs> she did. <laughs> it made sense of what she said, but it's really important to have those solid people in your life. And so I'm, I'm thankful and grateful that I have that solid foundation when it comes to having people that's on the same wavelength as myself right I have Dr. E when it comes to money I have Brandy Walker when it comes to business I have Toya Citizen when it comes to being another person of faith right that can really help me and also walking in my true authentic part as my true authentic self and that's what I love about the community of Ladies of Faith Over Fear and so if you have not had the pleasure of actually working with Dr. E 
or you know just being in her presence make sure you follow dr e on all her platforms she'll put it in the comments but i want to invite you guys to the heal to live conference right if you have not gotten your ticket March the 3rd, the 4th, and the 5th of 2023 in Dallas, Texas, we're doing a conference that's focusing on healing in all aspects of life, right? In your mm -hmm. mental, in your spiritual, in your financial, in your emotion, and in your business. We want to really help women heal and break those generational curses, right? When it comes to that mindset, we want to be that person that say, hey, I am going to take ownership to do the work, to do something different, to get some different results so that my great-grandchild can look on that wall and say, hey, Grandma Cheryl, or Grandma, or Momo, or whatever they're going to call me, right? <laughs> she did what was required to break that generational curse so that I won't have to um, pay for college if I decide to go to college, right? I am a trust fund baby. I am the first baby that's a part of a trust fund for this name, right? Be that person. And we want to help you heal because sometimes you need to heal and don't even know you need to heal. That's right. Right? You, you need to heal and don't know it. You're broken and don't know that you're broken, right? And so it's, it's just really important to be around like-minded individuals. So if you have not gotten your ticket, and if you are listening to the podcast, you can use the, the code podcast and get $50 off of your ticket to the Healed to Live Conference. The website is healedtoliveconference.com. The um, description will be in the show notes, but make sure you invest in yourself. Like Dr. E said, we will buy the bundles of hair because it costs a pretty penny for some good hair, right? You will buy the shoes. You will go get your hair done. You will spend all of that money to look good on the outside, but it's broken on the inside. It is time to stop trying to invest in the physical on the outside and invest on the inside. You will have somebody go on a surgery table and get a BBL and get a tummy tuck and they're broken. They're trying to fix something on the inside, but they're doing the outer exterior work. It is time to do the interior work. It is time for you to heal to live in 2023 and start to do some things different, right? So I had to invite you guys to the conference. And wow. so <laughs> my last question for you, Dr. E, is I want you to actually talk to the woman that maybe just feel over work they feel burnt out. They, they, they know something needs to change and they don't know how to actually take that step. What advice would you tell them to start to do some work to focus on them? Not so they can ignore everybody around them, but focus on them so that they can be that person that can truly pour into the other people around them the way that they need to by starting to focus on themselves to get the healing that they need, what advice would you give them? Um, most often, you know, when we find ourselves overworked, we find ourselves we find ourselves burned out, um, and we feel like we don't. We feel like we just don't have anything left to give ourselves. Let's just go ahead and talk about it, right? Let's talk about um, it. When we feel that way, it's because we don't have a plan. We haven't prioritized things in life. We allow other people's needs to overcome what it is that we desire, right? 
we we we'll let we'll let our friend call us and say, hey, can you go get my daughter from school because A, B, C, and D, you know? And then you're like, well, I'm in the middle of this, but no, I don't have anybody else. Well, if I was at work, could I leave my job and go do it for you? And the answer to that is no. And sometimes we have to have that complete sentence. We just have to say, no, I cannot do it and not feel guilty about it because the one thing they tell you on the airplane, I was just on one this past weekend, right? And they said to me, that lady came up to me, my daughter sitting next to me and she said, if the mask drop, put it on yourself first before you help your daughter. I got it. And I'm here to say to you, when you feel overwhelmed, when you feel overworked, when you feel burned out, you have to stop and put the mask on yourself first and not have the guilt or the shame of doing it saying, but I got to do this. You're right. You do have to do it, but you don't have to do it right now. Right. And I'm going to tell you, you have to read more. Right. We have to make certain we're reading at least 10 pages a day, just helping ourselves to develop. Listen, you gotta, you gotta develop that inner person. You gotta hear another voice outside of the voices that you've been carrying with you for years saying you're worthless, you're not this, you're not that. And you have to eradicate those voices. And the only way to get those voices out of your head is to fill your head with something different. And we can do that through podcasts, like, hey, heal to heal, like we say, she healed to live, right? You have these podcasts that are available to you so that you can hear something different. And when we hear something different, we do something different. Man, listen, Cheryl, I can't wait until the conference, right? Because people need to know not only about money, but what does God have to say about this? Because let me tell you something, things are so interconnected, you know, our emotional, our psychological, our spiritual, right? And God says something spiritually about all of these areas of our lives, right? We just have to hear it. And then sometimes I think that we're also our worst enemy, right? Because we can pray for a change. And because the change comes in a way that you don't identify, you kick it to the curb. It's like, oh, no, that's not it. Or you have someone in a circle that you're in saying, you shouldn't do that. Okay, well, why, why are you imparting your fears on my life? And more or less, why am I allowing you to do it? And we allow it to, we allow people to do that because we trust them. And there's a lot of people I trust, but I won't take their advice because I'm looking at your life. And if, if your life is not what I want my life to be or greater, I'm sorry. I'm gonna have to check out on that one. Okay. Now, if you tell me how to cook a pot of beans and I know your beans taste good, we in business. But when it comes to some other things in life, guys, we have got to be laser focused in this season of our lives. You got to be lagers of focus. You're overwhelmed because you're out of order, right? You're overworked because you're allowed that because you're not doing anything else. And you, you know, you're, you're in the mundane, you're on a job and listen to me clearly, nothing's wrong with being on a job, but you're paid on that job to forget all about your dreams. You're paid on that job to tell yourself that I can't buy a, a four bedroom house on the lake and you can't buy it because they're not paying you enough. But your work ethic is allowing them to do it. So you have to change the way you think in order to change your life. Man, start prioritizing things. Start writing the vision down and making it plain. Start sticking to what you said. If you said, I'm not going to help somebody, don't help them. You know, if, you, if they keep coming to you because they need help with the light bill, maybe they need to be in the dark with some candles. You know, because see, let me tell you, things are habitual. And we allow people to pull us into them. And then when we need ourselves, we can't even show up for ourselves. 
And I'm going to leave you with this. I heard Les Jones say this one time, and I didn't understand at the time. He says, some people will not show up for their own rescue. So if you're not going to show up for your own rescue, why do I come and rescue you and I could barely swim myself and allow you to drown me? I'm not going to do that. So that's what I have on that. Cheryl, back to you. Oh, that's so good. That is so good. Um, because Lisa Nichols came back and said, you have to stop waiting for somebody to save you. Nobody right. is coming. You have to save yourself, right? You have to be willing to save yourself. And so it's been an honor to, to chat with you on tonight. And I'm going to close it out with this. Um, if you are a mother, right? And you're watching this, I want you to understand if you are a mother, if you are a grandmother, if you are an aunt, if you are caring for someone, those people that you are caring for, if it is a child, they are watching what you do. If they watch you suppress the things that you've been through and not actually take the time to work those things out, then guess what? You are setting them up for failure because they are going to grow up to be adults that suppress, that do not communicate, that do not do the work that's required to heal. We all have things that we've been through, good things and bad things. We mm -hmm. have to take the time to address the things that have hurt us and do the work to get out of that space of being stuck, being broken, mm -hmm. and being in that place of feeling unworthy, feeling like you're not enough. And mm -hmm. when you're in that place, you don't know who you are and whose you are and That's who right. you belong to, right? Mm -hmm. And so we have to be the one to break the chains and break the cycle of that Absolutely. and start to do things different for yeah. our children. Because guess what? They are watching. They don't do what you say do. They do what they see you do. And that is the God on his truth. They That's do true. what they see you do. Absolutely. And so it is time for us to do the work and do something different in order to get some different results. So this has been an absolutely amazing podcast. I'm so grateful and thankful for the relationship with you, Dr. E. It is an honor for you to even say yes to be to work alongside me right at the conference and with Ladies of Faith Over Fear. And I'm so forever thankful for you. I'm just, I'm just thankful, right? I'm about to start crying because I'm just so thankful because of what you've really done in my life. I'm just so grateful to have you a part of my life. So thank you again for coming on on tonight. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Definitely my pleasure. I'm thankful and grateful for you as well, man. God doesn't make mistakes, right? He does not. <laughs> he does not. And so thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in online to the podcast. If you are watching from um, Facebook, make sure you go to YouTube and subscribe. Make sure you guys subscribe on the other platforms. We are on all major platforms. Remember, you are born for greatness. Today is the day to let your faith override your fear Start to operate in your greatness and operate in your purpose and do the healing work that's required for you to heal, to live the life that God has called you to live. Thank you so much. Again, it's been an honor. I'll see you guys on the next podcast. Make sure you guys tune in to the podcast on all the different networks. We'll see you guys on next week. Same place, same time. Have an amazing night.